Hello, dear listeners. I want to tell you about a great podcast I've recently found and enjoyed. It's called Long Shot Leaders with Michael Stein. I like the edginess and the realism of the podcast. Stein interviews people who have overcome big-time obstacles to find success. He has top-notch guests, including Academy Award winners, ex-convicts, Holocaust survivors, sports heroes, you name it. Michael also has an interesting background. In fact, he's a bit of a renaissance man. He's an entrepreneur, a writer, an actor, a filmmaker, and a stand-up comedian. He puts all of this into the interview, including his heart and soul. So if you want to discover the secrets to why and how people do what they do, then listen in on your favorite podcast player by typing Long Shot Leaders with Michael Stein. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense, common knowledge, or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1%. A real Jesus. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. Now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. Quick note about the foundation. Started on our project to look for every possible treatment for anxiety, depression, and PTSD. Uh, the goal is to create a low or no cost uh, resource for sufferers where they'll do a quiz, which will identify possible treatments that may be suitable for them. And then it's up to them to, you know, look at the condensed information and take action and call a practitioner. So if you have interest in this project, we need donations, we need help, et cetera, go to FindingGeniusFoundation.org. And today my guest is Nick Brax. He's an actor and an advocate changing the face of mental health. He's the author of Move Your Mind, How to Build a Healthy Mindset for Life. Uh, his website is NickBrax.com. So it's N-I-C-K-B-R-A-C-K-S.com. Nick, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Tell me a bit about your... um your background, how did you get into uh, Mindset for Life and, and all the stuff that you do right now? What's your history? Yeah, it, I've been involved in it for over 10 years now, and it came about organically. I didn't actually plan to go into that field and not from a psychology background, but I, as far back as I can remember growing up, I had issues with OCD and anxiety and overthinking, and it um, sort of manifested when I was finishing up at high school. I wanted to be a professional athlete, and my body had fallen apart, and I was obsessing about it it was it had become an addiction sort of as an 11 year old training you know seven hours a day just you know crazy sort of levels and didn't develop socially and grew up in a famous family on top of that so I had identity issues around trying to prove myself and being in the shadow of of my father and uh sort of discovered alcohol after I finished school and went on a spiral and um, it's a long story, but wound up in, you know, a number of life-threatening incidents. And eventually when I was coming through it, I was on different television shows and had developed a bit of a media personality in Australia and had the chance to talk about it. And uh, that, that's really when I found the passion for communicating and sharing stories and saw how huge of an impact it had by going and doing that. Uh, and yeah, like I said, I've, for the last 10, well, probably longer, 11 or 12 years, I've been um, speaking in schools and organizations and producing content and you know just using communication and storytelling to to get these messages out there and uh it's something that I'll you know do for the rest of my life like having this conversation now I think it's really important that we all you know do as much of that as possible because it really does make a difference what got you out of the mode you were in 
it sounds like you were partying a lot. You know, like, how did you know when it was serious? How did you know that it's time to work on yourself to pull yourself out of what you were in? I think deep down for a long time, I knew because it wasn't, you know, just normal partying. It was really, you know, deep depression, anxiety, social isolation. No, I had no self-esteem. I had no hope for the future. I didn't even want to have a future at that point. I couldn't get out of bed. So it was one that went on for such a long time and got to the point where I had lost hope and just didn't even want to have a future anymore. And uh, my luckily, you know, I've got an amazing family and I was trying to hide it from them, but my mum had to intervene and literally dragged me to see a psychologist, which I sort of accepted at that point because I just thought, well, I, I've got to try anything here because I was just in such a hole and thought I wouldn't get out of it. And that sparked sort of a very slow but grad, slow and gradual change that, you know, took me on the path I was. But it was really, yeah, just it, it sparked from being in such a hole for such a long time and, and uh, you know, ne- really desperately needing to make that change. So what, what were some of the things you tried to help yourself? What worked and what didn't? I mean, yeah, so much trial and error. I saw a number of psychologists over the years. Some of that helped. It definitely didn't completely help. I think it's really important to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist or professionals and it plays a part. But again, part of the reason I talk about this stuff is, you know, it's such a complicated area and that's only one part of it. So for me, it was a very gradual learning of, okay, this works to a degree, but I need more sustain more more I need to be able to empower myself on a daily basis and find things that I can actually do to stop myself from ruminating and having all of these anxious thoughts and going down these rabbit holes and what I I come from a competitive sporting background and exercise was the biggest one just getting back into training every day and to this day that's the biggest one for me I train every day and uh in in some capacity and that just clears my head and I think it's the best you know therapy for me and then the other things were meditation uh, and having a, a really strong support group around me, having people under, that I can talk to, you know, 24-7 friends that, you know, I support and they support me and having those unconditional relationships. So how have you decided to make an impact beyond yourself, you know, in the various communities of people that suffer? One way is through the book. Just let, yeah, let sure. the listeners know what, what kinds of things you're doing. Oh, uh, no, of people. course. So basically it started out with the speaking and uh, that led to me organically, not not meaning to make a career out of it. I actually was just doing these talks for free and kept getting asked back. Eventually got, started getting paid to do it and got represented by different agencies. And then I got trained as a facilitator in different companies. And that led to me building my own training company where I work with a number of psychologists and experts and build programs and I and a number of other people facilitate them. It's all through the brand Move Your Mind. Uh, and then that's evolved into building audio and video programs and learning tools that we license into schools and companies and uh and now other other sort of areas like the movie mind podcast and the the movie mind book that i've just released recently and uh in the u.s you know i'm from australia and i'm living in the u.s at the moment and the next project where we're working on is actually making a um a docuseries around mental health uh that we're hoping to get out next year so it's all all around creating sort of readily available mainstream sort of learning tools that we can get as far and wide as we can. Yeah, you're doing a lot. What So is the predominant remedy or treatment you found is physical activity? Is it physical activity alone or with friends or like what's, you know, have you centered in on one thing or is it really a multitude and it depends on what's going on with the person affected? Yeah, so it's a good question. But no, I what what I center in on is not any one particular thing in terms of what you should or shouldn't do. The thing that I'm really centered on is telling stories and using, you know, 
people to communicate that, whether it's myself, whether it's interviewing like on the podcast, a celebrity or through this TV show, whether it's producing the book, whether it's producing those programs that we can feature a very broad range of experts. So really what we're trying to do is show people, hey, here's how you can understand in a simplistic and broad level, the full spectrum of mental health and try and start to understand yourself and know, you know, from everything, like I was saying before, from where to go to see a psychologist to then you know, how, how can I actually start showing more vulnerability and talking about my own story? How can I start to question some of my thinking patterns? What are some things I could do? Exercise, definitely one of them. And, you know, on a personal level, what I believe in, obviously wholeheartedly, and, you know, then things like meditation, gratitude, journaling, checking in with people doing. So it's really to simplify, like I said before, around how can we communicate these messages on as wide of a level as we can, Uh, And, you know, I don't believe in saying that there is one right or wrong way, because I believe every single person's different, responds differently. You know, what works for me may not work for someone else. And I think that's a really important thing that we're taught that. And that, and then we, I think the other part is there's a huge amount of amazing reactive services out there, but there's not enough preventative services. And it's because we're not taught about this in schooling. We're not taught through our parents often. So we need to be more preventative the same way that we exercise and eat well because we want to look after our long-term health. We need to learn from early, an early age. What are all the things that, you know, around mental health that I can uh, do for myself? Not, not, not just because I'm struggling or depressed or anxious or having a bad day, but do every day because I want to better myself and I want to have better quality of life. And I want to be, you know, mindset. I want to have the right tools available for when things do go bad. Do you directly counsel anyone or is it, again, one to many through your book and through your website and all that? You know, do you do individual coaching? How are you interacting with other people that have these issues? One to many. Uh, so I, I mean, I work with, you know, like I was saying, people who do that kind of counseling and psychologists and people that do work one on one. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm first and foremost an advocate and a facilitator and a communicator. I don't think of myself as, a coach because I believe there's highly qualified people that can do that. Uh, so again, you know, my, my job I see is to bring those people together and use my voice and platforms to communicate those messages. So that's what, that's what I'm trying to do anyway. Hello, dear listeners. I want to tell you about a great podcast I've recently found and enjoyed. It's called Long Shot Leaders with Michael Stein. I like the edginess and the realism of the podcast. Stein interviews people who have overcome big-time obstacles to find success. He has top-notch guests, including Academy Award winners, ex-convicts, Holocaust survivors, sports heroes, you name it. Michael also has an interesting background. In fact, he's a bit of a renaissance man. He's an entrepreneur, a writer, an actor, a filmmaker, and a stand-up comedian. He puts all of this into the interview, including his heart and soul. So if you want to discover the secrets to why and how people do what they do, then listen in on your favorite podcast player by typing Long Shot Leaders with Michael Stein. So what, um, I don't know, what are some of the avatars or archetypes of people that suffer from anxiety and depression that you've observed? Are there, okay. and I, mean, I know there's, in general, are there certain types of personality types or situations that correlate with depression, anxiety, PTSD? And, you know, what do you see? What are some of the major ones? I mean, it's a hard question to answer because anxiety especially is something that's affecting you know, affects people all over the world more than ever. You know, we live in a crazy world now and obviously with what's happened with COVID, but even before that, just with the way the world's structured, especially, you know, being in America, it's another extreme from 
Australia and other countries where, you know, it's built on capitalism and, you know, what's next and consumerism and, you know, what's happening with social media and everything we're exposed to, it's causing unprecedented levels of anxiety. So I think if you ask the question about anxiety, that's just across the board affecting people. And it's a, it, you know, it's, it's a dramatic problem. This is something that needs urgent addressing and nowhere near enough is being done about it. And the message around that is probably in the short term, not enough will be done. So the, it's up to the individual to empower themselves. How do they do that? Well, they need to be educated. How do we educate them? Well, you know, I could, my, what I'm doing is only going to reach, you know, as far as I have the capacity to reach. So we need bigger, you know, people with more resource than me and governments doing that. But in terms of the other areas, you know, if you're saying in general, you know, who are the people that are suffering from mental health related con- conditions and anxiety and things like that, it would be people that, you know, haven't had, either don't have the self-awareness or haven't had the education around it. People that have, you know, a chemical imbalance that haven't, you know, spoken up about it. There's, I've, I've, I, I can't tell you how many people I've come across through the public speaking I've done in organizations that have after 20 years, after hearing talk, and not that I did anything unique, but just after feeling like they got given permission to talk about it, they went and reached out and got help for the first time because they either weren't aware of it or felt like that, that it, you know, you meant to just push through. So it's a, yeah, it's a broad thing. I mean, the stats show that, that this mental health is affecting more people than, than ever. I know it's broad, but what commonalities do you see? If someone is predominantly anxious versus depressed versus stressed out of their mind or hypervigilant, you know, what are some, uh, again, the avatars that you see generally? Well, overthinking, rumination, you know, putting pressure on yourself, not having enough self-love. I I think the biggest one is tying your identity to external factors. So I think, and again, that's what we're taught, you know, people trying to look for validating themselves through all these different external things. So personality type people that are obviously more high functioning that, you know, think a lot. If you don't have the right tools, that's definitely going to lead to anxiety. And the people that are high achievers often have far, you know, greater anxiety and are more likely to become depressed because if your mind's thinking that much and it's not, you don't have the tools to look after it, it's going to lead to problems. So I think that's a, that's a big one. So what kind of uh, tools are given in your book and in your consulting? You know, there, I know again, it depends on the situation, but what are some of the examples or tools or suggestions that you have for people when they're dealing Um, with these problems? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll go into the book. So the book's, I guess, broken into, you know, four key areas. It's sort of a combination of, we've got, stories of my own story and stories from different people throughout the book from celebrities to grassroots stories to um, wellness experts and the core of it's broken into four key areas so it's around move your mind which is all uh, fitness um, exercise movement uh, still your mind which is around connection sleep that area we've got connect your mind and all of these areas come with different experts. So for the fitness area, we've got different experts that we've interviewed. They're talking about the science behind it. They're talking about practical things you can do. And then it's broken into, okay, here are, you know, whether you're starting from a intermediate level, here are some actual programs you could do if you had, you know, literally only five minutes a day at home to do it. Here's what you could do. And if you're at an advanced level, here's what you can do. Here's how you can understand exercise. So really simple stuff, but breaking it down, condensing information into here's the science behind it. Here's how you can understand it. And here's how, small ways you can try and integrate it into your, into your routine, regardless of, you know, what your, um, what your schedule is. But really a thing we have a, a big emphasis on is uh, habit formation. So we've got a, a big part of the book and the programs on habits and teaching people how to create habits and 
having guides through doing that and, and, you know, using that to apply to whatever it is you're trying to change, because if you don't make it into that regular sort of habit, it's unlikely to give you the long-term benefit. What do you see has changed, you know, since the beginning of last year with the, you know, the virus situation? How have people been affected? How have they been affected with mental health? Well, I mean, right. people... From, from your point of view, from what you see, yes. Oh, well, I mean, people have really struggled because, you know, a lot of vices got taken away. People are having to work from home. I think the biggest one is the lack of certainty. I think most, you know, when I think a lot of people haven't dealt with that degree of uncertainty and uh, that's caused huge mental health issues. Uh, not having, you know, regular social interactions, not having the, you know, all of the different things that are normally available to us has made a really caused a lot of a lot of issues. And um, yeah, I guess that's probably the biggest part of it. I think it's just, you know, it's, it's an unprecedented thing. And, and I think people, again, because a lot of people haven't been taught the right coping mechanisms and tools to put in place uh, when an event like this happened, they didn't know how to how to cope with it. So it, again, I think it highlighted that we need, you know, more preventative solutions available to people. And, it, you know, it really brought that to the surface. Is there any new avenues in terms of therapy? Um, are there any therapies that are geared towards people that, you know, are trying to re-enter society? I've heard that there are uh, therapies on helping people specifically deal with, you know, the past 20 months. Are there specific therapies on that, are you asking? Yeah, like have you tailored your approach and your messaging and are you seeing from maybe psychologists or other mental health professionals that you interact with a change of approach to oh, help people absolutely. specifically deal with what's been going on? No, 100%, yeah. People are, you know, I, I have, I think everyone in that in that realm has because it's such a, an elevated issue at the moment. So it's been something that uh, has had to adapt and a lot of it is around you know dealing with uncertainty creating those different behavior changes to deal with this new world that we live in and how can we deal with you know PTSD has been something that a lot of people have suffered as well um, so yeah definitely seen a change and 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 on a positive level as well the, the the change that's been great has been you know from a obviously horrible circumstance but because mental health has become so prevalent through this more people are talking about it. So it's made it more acceptable to actually talk about mental health and to be more vulnerable. And, you know, that's not seen as taboo on a, you know, broad level now, which is, you know, a great step forward. What do you see as the future of mental health in short term over the next two years or over the next year? Where do you see it going? Over the next couple of years, I, I mean, I see things on one end of the spectrum improving in a major way. I think, like I was saying, there's more awareness about it now where, more people are talking about it, more people are wanting to do, you know, to make change in it. Governments can't ignore it anymore. Organizations can't ignore it. You know, every large organization has some sort of mental health program. And I think there will be more preventative solutions coming out and, you know, more technologies and innovation and a whole range of things. So I think that's really good. I also, on the other end of the spectrum, see, you know, a continuation of some really incredibly negative things, mainly stemmed around social media and and, you know, the, and mass media consumption. I mean, there's a million different news outlets now and we're connected 24 seven and people are consuming, you know, it, it's hard for a lot of hard to decipher what's real and what's not and go down those rabbit holes. So I think that until, you know, that's addressed or like I was saying before, unless people can learn to interact with, cause it's still, you know, relatively speaking, all of that and social media is still really new. And it, so we haven't really been able to find that sort of 
you know, it's still an, a sort of unknown thing about the long-term ways of interacting and what it's going to do to people. But I think until that's really managed in a better way, there's going to be huge issues coming out of it. Well, very good. Nick, what's the best way for people to get help from your works, your resources? Like they can go for your book. If you wouldn't mind, just restate the title and then your website as well. I want to make sure I can point people towards you so that they can get help. Yeah, I appreciate that, mate. Thank you. Um, So the best way is to go to my website, which is nickbrax.com. If you go there, uh, the book pops up front and center. Uh, you can get the book through Amazon. You can get it on, on Amazon globally. And we've also got on the, we've got a free resource goes with the book on, if you go to nickbrax.com slash move your mind, um, we've got a free toolkit that you can use with the book and it's got a whole range of areas. So you can download that. Uh, and then I've also got some of my programs on there. So on the front page of my website, there's a courses area where we have video learning courses and tools like that as well. And then there's a whole lot of free content, whether you want to learn, you know, listen to the Movie Mind podcast. We have a weekly podcast where we interview uh, different experts and celebrities and a whole range of people and then other videos that we create. So, yeah, the easiest way in short, sorry, I'm rambling there, but the easiest way is just to go to nickbrax.com. Yeah, no, that's great. You've got a lot of resources that people booked, podcast, you know, possible consultation with you. So, Nick, thank yeah. you for coming on. I appreciate it. No problem, mate. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.